I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 16 and preview of round 17. This round is brought to you by Own Goals, uh, leading scorer of the World Cup and coming soon to MLS. Uh, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the fantastic subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by my usual co-hosts, Mike Denton and Blaine Riffle. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello there. Hey, doing well, Reed. Yeah, good. Uh, glad to have you guys on. Uh, as I kind of alluded to, I think, an episode or two ago, uh, just recently moved. My wife and I bought a house and moved, and so we weren't able to get a, a podcast out on our usual time on Monday uh, because I did not have internet yet. So coming to you uh, a day later, but not a problem since all the games are kicking off this weekend with MLS. Still plenty of time to get your fantasy in order, even though I know you've been enjoying the World Cup already. But let's just do a quick review of what happened in round 16 uh, last weekend, uh, starting out with the scores. Blaine, how did you do I'm on my phone, so I don't actually have my team up with me. I know I didn't do as well as I had hoped. And it was just a kind of a bad round. I, th I was doing okay in some of my head-to-heads until the last minute, and then looked back, and I think I lost every head-to-head -head game I had. <laughs> um, I, I think I did okay, Reed. Um, I got 93 while Blaine's looking up his exact score. Um, I mean, I, I, hit, I, I did bring in Piotti at the last minute. Um, I captained Vasquez, which worked out pretty well. Um, had BWP. Um, for me, the big miss was having the Columbus players. Um, Zardes and Higuain didn't really do a whole lot comparatively. And then because Almiron got seven and Long got eight, I was like, hey, I don't need to bring in um, New York, uh, New England Revolution players, which hurt me because, I mean, Fagund I would have brought in Fagundes and he got 15. So um, that kind of knocked me down a little bit. I mean, I think I like stayed even where I was overall, but I, I lost to head to head to one or two. But I know I definitely lost in um, the MLSFI, MLSFI league. So kind of an okay round with with the kind of one of these you're just basically hoping not to implode. Um, <laughs> and since I had a whole lot of Toronto defenders and was trying to scramble, you know, keep ruse and stuff, I'll take it. Yeah, it was definitely a fine round. What was that? Oh, I looked mine up. I had an 84. Okay. I, I picked the right games, just the wrong players from some of those games. Like I had Bunbury, I had Bunbury thinking he was going to go off, and it was Fagundes. And then uh, Schweinsteiger, who got me six, but Katai definitely had the better game on that one as well. So picked the right games, just the wrong players on that. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a, an interesting round. A lot of a lot of very symmetrical uh, score lines happened. Uh, I got a hundred and one. Myself, I think that's in those triple digits was or the 90s and, and higher. I think it was where you needed to be this round. Uh, I went up about 20 points overall. I'm at, I'm at 158 now, uh, weak rank 315. 
uh, the average score was about 42 points. So uh, it was definitely interesting. A lot of those games were unexpected. Uh, for me, uh, my my late bring-in was uh, Tiger from Montreal, who has just been killing it with consistency that kind of went under the radar um, for for me until, until late when I was making some decisions. We'll talk a bit more about Montreal in a second. Uh, but he got 11 off my bench. That was great. Uh, brought in Martinez. Did not bring in Almiron. Uh, stuck with... Uh, Katai and Higuain, and Higuain got five, so I think that's I think that was okay, Mike. Uh, not not similar. Yeah. Kept Alvarez. If, if compared um, to this week, you know, it was just bad because you had so many other players. Like I don't remember what Katai got, but I know he got a goal. And then Fagunda is getting fifteen. So yeah. I mean, five's not. It's normally not bad, but in a week where there's only a few selections and a lot of the other selections hit teen in the sure. teens, you know. Uh, I did decide to leave Abu Bakar in when I saw Almiron, hoping for some uh, defensive bonus points, and he pulled away with six, so that was uh, great. Uh, but my Toronto defense definitely came up short, uh, so I, I did not bring Bono in and instead brought in Turner, who got four points <laughs> the two Bono would have got. So uh, that was that was double what I was looking at before. But uh, there were there were not many clean sheets, only two over the whole weekend, so don't feel bad if you missed out on, uh, on clean sheet points because a lot of people did. Uh, but pretty interesting round, four short round, fantasy takeaways from this game. Not many. Uh, a lot of it was how we expected. New York did well. Seattle managed to get a, a late goal, but but not much. Colorado, Chicago. I, I thought that Chicago could have gotten the away clean sheet, but, uh, I mean, traveling to Colorado is always a beast, but they still weren't able to pull out a win. The San Jose-New England game, uh, definitely a scoreline I was not expecting, as both Mike and Blaine have already talked about. Uh, different people scoring and, and just uh, so, sort of how you'd expect those two teams to play is uh, interesting indeed. But going to point out two games in particular, Montreal versus Orlando. So we mentioned uh, Piotti was someone I think Mike had definitely tipped last week. And then uh, I brought in Tider as well. And I bring up Montreal because I made a post over at MLSsoccer.com and I tagged Piotti as a diamond in the rough. Kind of pick, and I always expected that. Uh, I thought that was a compliment, just saying that Montreal has been struggling as a team essentially, uh, but that Piotti has been a good pick. Uh, Tider, of course, uh, has been pretty consistent as well, but usually people are looking for Piotti to uh, to be that goal scorer. But I got some pushback about about this. Uh, the diamond in the rough shtick comes from At Linens uh, seventeen over at uh, MLSsoccer.com. Uh, talks about this shtick that that gets put on uh, repeatedly from a lot of MLS pundits, uh, and and don't recognize Piotti as a top player in the league. Um, you guys feel like Piotti is underrated as a fantasy pick uh, overall. That's what I'm getting at with this question right here from you all because he did come away with some decent points this time. I don't know if he's underrated fantasy wise. I mean, if Montreal has a good matchup, he's the person we all look at. Um, I mean, the I problem, mean, problem with Piotti, and I think, I think last week I was hesitant on the podcast. I ended up getting convinced that Orlando had just such a rough travel schedule that he was going to be good, uh, which is why I ended up picking him up. Um, I mean, the problem with Piotti this year has been real inconsistency. Um, I mean, he's had, like, great home games, like home against the Philadelphia Union, um, home against the Dynamo, um, where he hasn't really performed, and then others, you know, like this past week where he blew, blew up for double-digit points. Um, 
that's been kind of the issue with Piotti is that you're paying for a premium midfielder, but you're getting a pretty low floor, which is unique among the kind of midfielders that are priced that way. I mean, we talked about Higuain having a bad game. Well, Higuain's bad game was a five. Piotti's bad game tends to be a three or a four. Um, so, I mean, I don't think he's a diamond in the rough, but he, I think he is slightly below... For fantasy purposes, a lot of the other premium midfielders just because of that low floor. Yeah, I I think Piotti's probably one of the best midfielders in the league, but he's been saddled with the Montreal team and no consistency around him. I mean, who in the last four or five years has Montreal had up there to take the pressure off? Who's been their leading goal scorer, not named Piotti? I mean, if you look at it, who, did, who are teams going to key off on in that in that formation and they're going to cover Piotti. I mean, when he had Zamali last year, he was doing even better. I mean, he had some consistency, but he had a little more freedom because the defenses were keying off on other guys as well. Montreal just doesn't have the team around him to bring him up to his full potential and defenses can really focus in on him and shut him down. And I think that's, what's killing his um, ability as both as a fantasy player and just overall in general on the MVP. P status. If you put him in, if you swapped him and Almiron today, and let Almiron run with the Atlanta t- or with the Montreal team, he's going to be in the same boat Piotti is. He's going to have one or two really good games, and then he's going to lay some three or threes or fours in fantasy. You put Piotti in that Atlanta system, I think he blows up and he's a leading candidate for the MVP. So, I wouldn't call him a diamond in the rough. I do think he may be a little underrated as a player because he doesn't have the team around him to really bring out his full potential. But I still consider him one of the best midfielders in the league, even at 33. I expect him to get transferred here soon, and then we'll really see what he can do with another team. Maybe at, maybe at his age and on a new team, it just doesn't quite work out and he doesn't put it all together, but I'm looking forward to the potential of seeing him with another team that's going to have some better pieces around him. I'll also say that as far as like around the league, as far as – evaluating Piotti by himself. I think part of the problem is that Piotti is not a player that uh, most MLS fans see unless you have the ESPN Plus MLS Live package and are devoted to watching Montreal because they don't get national broadcasts here in the state. They're pretty much uh, aired entirely by TSN. I think they may get one or they may have even have zero this year. I, I don't remember. I know it was pretty low. So, you know, the team doesn't do that well. So for a lot of other fans not here for fantasy, we know Piotti because we know we watch most of the games. We look at all the stats, and you know we see players like Piotti put up games like this. Um, whereas, I mean, you know, you listen to Extra Time Radio the past two weeks or the past two episodes. The talk for the Montreal Orlando game was not Piotti scored a lot of points. He did you know so well. It was Orlando's really bad, and Jason Christ is fired. So you know it's just a different perspective based on the audience and where they are in the standings. And that's just how it is for every league. But I mean, I think for fantasy, I think we know where his value is. It's just his value is just a little bit below maybe like a tier 1.5 midfielder, if that makes sense. I can see that. Well, thank you so much guys for elaborating on that. To me, that still sounds like diamond in the rough as, <clears throat> as one of the, we'll, we'll give top two players on an otherwise struggling team 
And again, fantasy-wise, uh, fantasy-wise is how we're kind of looking at this. But yeah. uh, appreciate the criticism and feedback, as always, from any of the articles or uh, content that we put out. So thank you so much. I mean, uh, I guess the real question is, Reed, if you're going to call him a diamond in the rough, can he show you the world? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, Shining, shimmering, shimmering splendor? You know, I don't know <laughs> if that's what Piotti can do. I don't know if he's really that diamond in the rough. Uh, maybe it's not going to be a magic carpet ride, but maybe a magic gondola ride. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, probably not. But uh, thank you very much, though, for the feedback, as always. Uh, one more game I'm, I'm going to point out before I turn it over to Mike and Blaine to see what they have. Uh, WTF Toronto. Uh, I think Mike described it before we started as a ping pong of a game. Back and forth from DC. Was not expecting this. Uh, do you think, guys, fantasy-wise, this says more for what to look for from D.C. when they get back home or just uh, being wary and backing off a little bit from Toronto? Look, I've been saying it often on all season. I really like what D.C. is trying to build here. I think they've got a lot of solid pieces in that squad, and the longer they play together and the more they gel, the more goals this team is going to put up. When you've got Ariola and Assad, and I like I really like Stiber, and Maddox seems to be helping out this team. I know that makes Mike so sad that Mullins isn't playing. <laughs> but they're gelling as a unit, they're looking better in attack, and <clears throat> I think they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with the longer this group plays together. I don't think they've got a real shot at MLS Cup, probably won't make the playoffs. I mean, they could make me eat those words, but probably won't make the playoffs this year. The start was just so bad, but next year they're definitely going to be a force. And this is a good time just to work out the kinks, see what's going to happen and let it all ride. And some of this game, some of that game may have come down to TFC kind of overlooking them. Um, solid defense there in Toronto for the most part. We, we've all been pretty high on them at different times and they may have overlooked this one and gotten burned early. But I'm going to give more of the credit to DC on this one. As, as much as I hate to talk about it, it, we probably do need to pay some attention to Maddox. I mean, he scored five in the last six. Um, I mean, that's five games with a goal. Uh, and, I mean, he's not doing too much more than that, which, I mean, I'll have to look at his – but I think his XG numbers are actually pretty decent. Um, he's just not putting up a whole lot of shots that get you extra fantasy points. But – um he is creating quality chances. Um, you know, I, I mean, everyone knows my love for Patrick Mullins, but, you know, <laughs> fantasy-wise, it's something to pay attention to. And, I mean, I, I've been calling on this wagon. Like, I mean, DC is not a good team. I'm not going to say that. But when they get home, I think it could be another, some, something else. I mean, we've seen so many teams do Jekyll and Hyde on the road and at home. I think it's at least worth paying attention to DC. Um now, clearly, they're still conceding a whole lot of goals, so you still want to get offensive players who are playing D.C., but um, maybe they're not a team to target for defenses anymore. I mean, now, granted, this past stretch for D.C. has not been very good defensive teams either. Um, LAFC uh, without Simon, uh, Seattle. I mean, we thought TFC was a good team defensively, but, you know, there's just something not there, you know, rotation-wise and – We'll see if the World Cup break helped him get it together. I really hope not, at least for one game. But yeah, I I'm, I think I'm I'm honestly more to to your original question. I'm more worried about Toronto because this is really embarrassing. They gave up four goals 
and it really could have been five at the end if Maddox and I don't know, it wasn't Maddox. It was um, I don't remember who it was with Mullins, but if they had been on the same page, it would have been five. All right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, lots of great information there. Hope people carry that on into this upcoming round 17 game week. That's what I had as some of the fantasy takeaways from round 16. Anything else you all want to add before we move on? Nope. Um, um, Orlando's bad. San Jose's bad. Orlando's also got a new coach or lost a coach. Yeah. <clears throat> Jason Christ is out. Uh, I know uh, many of our Orlando friends are very sad about that. Um, it's kind of a puzzling move to me. I don't know why you would fire him for a losing streak when you didn't have your top striker, your top uh, young defensive uh, designated player in Yotun, and you don't have your top center back, and you played most of your games on the road. That seems a little bit harsh to me. I mean, I don't. If you're going to fire him now, you might as well have fired him last October. But you know, that's why they're a poor. They're, that's why they never made the playoffs, and that's why they're probably going to find a way to let TFC make the playoffs this year. Oh, that's just you. Oh, wow. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, let's move on to some housekeeping, getting ready for <coughs> round 17. Uh, of course, you know about World Cup stuff going on. I don't think we need to hit that again. Uh, let's talk about buys and double game weeks. Nobody is on a double game week here for round 17, but we have three teams who are on a buy. We have DC United, LA Galaxy, and the New England Revolution. <coughs> So if you are looking for players, one of those teams is differentials. Uh, don't because they're not here. But if you are looking for players to just fill in as a, a great placeholder for an Otteroo or a Switcheroo, then those are the three teams that you want to target this round. Uh, besides that, not a lot of housekeeping going on. Uh, if you are still interested and still interested and haven't yet checked out Patreon, we keep talking about that every week. Uh, head over there to our uh, little little crowdfunding side is really what it comes down to. It's it's a way for people who listen to our show and enjoy what we do to help us uh, support some of the fees that we have as far as hosting goes and the, the, the prizes that we get out. And now that I've moved and getting boxes and stuff together, I should be able to start working on getting some of that assembled. Um, but it, it's what we can do to help share this with the community. And uh, we have some fun things planned. We're going to get the invites out for our top tier members to come and be guests on our show soon. We'll work out a another hangout soon. Maybe try to get something to go along with the World Cup as that's ra wrapping up. Uh, but if you have ideas for what we can do to help make things more interactive, more fun, let us know because that's what this is all about. It's about us giving back to you and just thanking you so much for those of you who are willing to help support and make this project possible. If you want to find out more, head over to patreon.com. That's p-a-p-r-e-o-n.com slash m-l-s-f-i. And with that, Mike, it's time for the injury news. Okay. Um, not a whole lot of new injuries uh, since we didn't have too many games since last time. Uh, Neagle, Leardum, and Checkham uh, for Seattle. Uh, they are unlikely to play this Saturday. Um, Simon is back for LAFC. Uh, Belgium decided not to bring him in uh, despite companies still being hurt, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. But you know what? Nothing Roberto Martinez does makes a whole lot of sense to me. So c'est la vie. Uh, we've had, uh, we're in the middle of the next Open U.S. Open Cup round. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of Open Cup games on Wednesday. So pay attention to any injuries, lineups, and rotations from that. Uh, but a few games have already happened, including. Um, Portland versus the LA Galaxy. 
Uh, Valeri missed that game due to a light knock, but it seems like he's going to be probable for this weekend uh, against Atlanta. And for the Galaxy, Ola Kamara and Jerome Botang, uh, Botang uh, left early with injuries. So shorthanded LA Galaxy gets even more shorthanded. Um, in World Cup news, uh, Ronald Matarita was sent home early from Costa Rica with a hamstring injury. Um, you know, tough break for that kid. Um, seems like he'll miss a few weeks. Um, Matt Beezer is also dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, from the sounds of it, it sounds like he's a possibility to play this weekend, but keep an eye on that. Um, just an update on Madranda. Uh, he's been having swelling in his knee. Um, he'll certainly be out this weekend, but I think they're doing an MRI this week to see if he needs, uh, anything more. Um, Joseph Martinez from, uh, Last week, uh, broke his nose in, in the game against Columbus. Uh, I'm assuming he's going to play, but obviously that's an issue that you know will may require a mask, may limit his time. So be aware about that. And then, last but not least, if you think that two weeks is plenty enough time to get a disciplinary committee decision in, you'd be wrong. We still do not know if Majunin um, will be. Face additional discipline for uh, his altercation with the ref in Atlanta. So, as of right now, I'm assuming he's going to be suspended, but we don't know. So, you should probably not make picks, assuming that Majudanin is going to play, unless we get confirmation before, which hopefully we will. So, that's all the injury news. Okay, had an unmute problem there for a second. Thank you so I like, much. I was like, I thought I'm, I was like, wait a minute, did, did I drop off? No. no, I've got this little setup going on right right now where I've got, uh, I don't actually have a desk. I've got one monitor on a, on my actual uh, desktop, my tower. I've got another monitor on a, on a filing cabinet. I got the keyboard on a subwoofer. I got the mouse on a box. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, and it's just what you do when you move. That's, that's how these things work. Yeah. Uh, but enough about that. Let's talk about round 17 and uh, the games that are coming up right now and the players that you guys think people should be focusing on. So let's let's start out with Philadelphia versus Vancouver. Mike. Um, for this one, I think you're probably looking more uh, at Philadelphia defenders. Um, kind of like Blake uh, and like, like Rosenberry or some of those, especially since this is the first game of the week. Um, they're they kick off before and they'll, they'll finish before most other play teams except for the, the New York Red Bull game. So I think this is a pretty good option for a, you know, switcheroo, keeperoo um, kind of thing. So I think more defenders on the Philadelphia Union side. Um, since the Union tends to play more uh, defensively, I don't think this is a good matchup for Vancouver, assuming Philadelphia plays that way. Uh, we've also seen Philadelphia create a whole lot of chances and not be able to finish them. Um, you know, so I, I wouldn't pick Vancouver's uh, defense. Uh, I think Philadelphia will, could have some success. I think Sapong is kind of an outside pick uh, up top, but um, I'm really more looking more at Philadelphia Union defenders. I'm thinking uh, like a one nothing victory for the Union. All right, Blaine. Let's move on to the New York Red Bulls versus FC Dallas. Yeah, um, New York Red Bulls are looking really good right now. I know um, Dallas just ran a full-strength lineup out minus Diaz for their U.S. Open Cup game on Saturday. No, that's a week out, but it shows that they're really pushing for a lot of results right now. 
And when I mean, they put up two goals on that Kansas City defense, I know there were a couple of young guys in there, but that they look like they're getting back into form. I was a little nervous throughout that entire U.S. Open Cup game with the way Dallas was playing. They looked, they looked hungry and they looked really good. So I'm not liking New York as a clean sheet option this week. I do like their team right now, but I'm not looking at them as a clean sheet option. But the younger guys in Kansas City put up three goals on that Dallas defense. So I'm looking for like a, a 2-1 scoreline in this one. Um, definitely looking at Bradley Wright Phillips at home as one of my big options. Um, I always seem to pick the wrong New York midfielder to go with them. Uh, I'm liking Royer this week again. And so that's probably the only two I would really look at in this game. If you're worried about Dallas getting that offense all together, you may look at defense here, and it is an earlier game, so you can use an auto-roo, switcheroo type of thing in here as well with the New York defenders. But I'm really looking at Bradley Wright Phillips plus maybe a New York midfielder, and that's it for this game. Okay, Mike, uh, moving on, your favorite team, Orlando versus <laughs> Montreal. Well, I mean, we've just seen what uh, Montreal could do to Orlando. Um, and other than having Dom Dwyer back and rested, uh, I don't think there's a whole lot that's changed for Orlando. They're still missing um, Yoshio Toon, who's in the World Cup with Peru. Um, I'm, I don't know if Specter will be back. Um, kind of getting mixed signals from Orlando from that. Um, but look, they don't have the defensive capabilities to shut down Piotti, so I'm willing to to throw out Piotti here. I think Dom Dwyer is also a good choice. I think this is a game that's going to have a lot of goals. Um there's also been kind of this like weird undercurrent that maybe the Orlando players just didn't like Jason Christ. You know, none of the Orlando players were like, I miss you. Thank you, Jason. You know, one of those little um, notes. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking that you may see a little bit of a bounce back from Orlando. Uh, I'm thinking a three, two game, plenty of goals, Piotti, uh, Dom Dwyer um, on, on both sides of it. Okay. Sporting Kansas City, your team, Blaine, versus Houston, who just got some sweet revenge for me against Minnesota in the Open Cup. What do you like? Yeah, this one's in Kansas City, so I've got to go with the home team here. I know Houston's got that really potent attack, but they're not traveling as well. And this is this is the first meeting of the season between these two, and these two have a pretty good history, and they're getting ready to meet up in the next round of the Open Cup. And Houston will be hosting that one, so... I know this is a tournament Kansas City takes very seriously. Uh, Houston's been kind of hit or miss. I know they'll push for it a little bit, but they don't seem to go all in on this one. But this could be a good tune-up game for that. So I'm curious to what we're going to see from both teams here. Kansas City's carrying a couple of injuries. I think they're going to rest Beasler. Amore has been solid and looks really good. And I don't think Vermes is going to put Beasler's health on the line when you've got Amore playing the way he has been. Um. Jalen Lindsay has been starting at left back. Now he's a natural right back, but he's been starting at left back with Madranda and being out. Sinovic and Lobato both don't seem to be carrying the left back role right now. So it's down to an 18 year old kid to play left back. And I think Houston speed can expose him on that left side a lot. I don't see Kansas city keeping the clean sheet on this one, even at home. I just think Houston's got too many options with that full strength attack. Uh, I'm actually looking at something more like a 2-2 or a 3-2 game. I'll give it to Kansas City if it goes to 3-2, but I'm thinking more of a 2-2 draw in this one. I just think it's going to be a lot of weaker defense, um, that the offense is going to go, and it's just going to be a fun game to watch. Um, as far as fantasy options, um, 
Kansas City's been back and forth with Shallowy and Russell on who's been carrying the load. Russell was the early favorite, but Shallowy's come on really strong. And then I like Elise still on this one. Um, I think Kansas City can work work against him a little bit, and that's going to free up somebody else. So if you're going to go too deep on the Houston offense, I would definitely look at Minotas for the second one. I think just his skill set is something that can really do some damage to this Kansas City team. All right, Mike, moving on, Colorado versus Minnesota. Uh, um, Colorado is a bad offense. Minnesota has about everything. Actually, Colorado has about everything, too. Don't get fantasy players from this game. You should know enough. If you listen to this podcast, you should know that by now. Quick and easy right there. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, maybe 1-1. One, one. I mean, if you want to do, like, something crazy, go for Quintero and just, like, I think Minnesota's going to blow him up. I I have no idea why you would do that. <laughs> Blaine, Real Salt Lake versus San Jose. Now, um... This is an interesting one. Um, we've been down on both of these teams a lot throughout the season. Um, San Jose looks like they're starting to put things back together a little bit. The offense is clicking a little bit better right now. And a game against Salt Lake could definitely help that out. Um, Wando is getting closer to that goal mark. And I think he's hungry for it. They're trying to feed him a little bit more. And I just don't trust the San Jose defense all the time. And... Real Salt Lake still got a lot of powerful options there. I'm hoping for a goal fest in this one and maybe snag a pretty uh, high power differential out of this one. Um, if Plata starts, I really do like his speed against this defense. Um, the young kid, Corey Baird, has just been lights out this year for a rookie. Got to be one of my leading candidates for rookie of the year right now. And if he starts up top, I definitely want him on my bench as an option given the matchup here. And then Wondolowski is looking for him. I would go with him and maybe Vaco if you're looking for some differentials for this week. I just I think this one's going to turn into a goal fest, and they're going to go back and forth a lot. I'll go ahead and give it a 2-2 scoreline on this one as well. Okay, Mike, Seattle versus Chicago. Well, this one's interesting because I think Seattle um, is getting a lot of its players back. Um, they're having, they got Ladero back. Uh, unexpectedly not being called up from, for Uruguay duty. Um, you know, Bruin is coming back to the fold, Dempsey, etc. Um, I know they had a bad result against the New York Red Bulls, but a lot of teams go into Red Bull Arena, especially Western Conference teams, don't have a good time. Um, Chicago is still a team that is struggling defensively, and I think Ladero can have a lot of success against them. And with Seattle's compliment back, excuse me, uh, I think they're a really good pick this week. Uh, I really like Ladero. I can also see Bruin uh, up top. Um, I think the other Seattle players are a little bit more inconsistent, um, but uh, definitely someone, uh, a team to look at uh, at home. And plus, with them being the later week, you know, one of the later games, you can definitely use them in auto situations or transfer situations to substitute them in. So I'm thinking this is like a 2-1. Yeah, that would be nice if Seattle could increase their uh, scoring total a little bit more. Maybe break that double-digit mark. That'd be nice. <laughs> okay, Blaine, LAFC versus Columbus. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a hard one to pick with Columbus playing on the road. Um, I kind of expect a more defensive game here. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, 2-1 Columbus on the road for this one. I just think they've got the weapons. There's no Carlos Vela in the middle for uh, LAFC this week. I just – I the way Columbus is playing right now, they're they're really shutting teams down defensively and starting to click on offense. Maybe they don't get the goals on the road, but I just like the way they line up for this one. I think LAFC has lost a lot of bite right now with the World Cup going on. And Columbus is going to kind of boss this game. It's not going to be the prettiest game to watch. I think it's going to be a little bit on the boring side with the way Columbus does like to play. And LAFC won't be able to break them down. But 2-1, definitely looking at Zardes and Higuain on the road. Don't like to pick up road players, so neither one of them will probably make it into my squad. But if I'm looking for players here, that's usually where I'm going to go. Columbus has actually enjoyed some uh, offensive success on the road more so than most other teams, so... That could be a nice differential there. One more time from you, Blaine, so we can give Mike his favorite team. Uh, tell us about Atlanta versus Portland. Yeah, um, Portland. <laughs> Atlanta at home is still Atlanta at home, and got to like the offensive options here. Almiron and Martinez are pretty high up there on the must-own list this week, given that um, it's hard to bet against those guys. Even if Martinez has a broken nose, it's really hard to bet against those guys at home. Uh, do watch that lineup. Broken nose can keep a guy out for a couple of weeks, depending on how the face mask works and just all the pain and everything that comes through it and worried about getting hit in the face again. But, yeah, I think I think Martinez will probably go, just knowing what it's on the line for Atlanta. They want that supporter shield this year. Uh but Portland's been getting a little better. Their road success hasn't quite been there, but I don't expect the big Atlanta blowout this week. I'm going to say 2-1 Atlanta at home and go with just those two guys on this one. There's just something about a face mask and sports that always makes me think of Horace Grant. And I'm probably dating myself right there, but I think that's, just, that's just always what I think of when I think of face masks. <laughs> all right, Mike, uh, wrap us all up with uh, New York City, your New York City FC versus Toronto. Yeah, this is a hard one to to call because, I mean, you know, for one, we're still hoping to see if, uh, you know, New York City's new coach gets his visa and will be available <laughs> to actually coach <laughs> this game. He's still in Manchester or Spain right now. Um so that makes it interesting. And then, you know, Toronto's had all their problems. Um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking this is going to be a tough game for the Pigeons um, just because, you know, I think Toronto overlooked uh, D.C. and they were probably overlooking D.C. because they were looking at this game uh, as a game that they needed to get a result in. Um, so this is going to be a tough one uh, with a new coach. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a decent transition. But, you know, if the coach shows up on Thursday, it's still not going to be e- easy. Um, so, I mean, optimistically, a 2-1 uh, victory for New York, but I, I, I could easily see a draw uh, here if, if the pieces are right. Um, I You know, I, I think this, these are good players to kind of have in your mind. You know, this is the last game of the weekend, so you can easily have them in auto-roos or switcheroos. Um, I mean, I think David Villa, based on what we've seen from Toronto's defense, they're not that great against good teams who have – you know, offensive capabilities and or Darren Maddox. So um, I think that would be is a good good option this week. 
Uh, and I think maybe you can take a punt on some of the New York City defenders because, I mean, we haven't really get, gotten to the clean sheet section yet. But there's not a whole lot of great options for defenders. So even with all New York City's problems, maybe throw out a Collins in there. Um, that's what I have in my roster right now. So I don't have a whole lot of confidence for a clean sheet here, but it's almost as good of a chance as it's on any of the others. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, 2-1 two, or 2-2. Two, two. I mean, you you say that about a, about a clean sheet chance, but you never know with Toronto when Osorio might just go off on some sort of scoring spree. Oh, yeah, that's why I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence. My, <laughs> look, I, I mean, I know we're going to be jumping here, but, like, Look at your other home teams. Um, sure. Philadelphia Union, okay, I can see it. New York Red Bulls at home, sure. Then it's Orlando. Sporty Kansas City, maybe Beasler's out against Houston Dynamo. Uh, Colorado Rapids, Real Salt Lake, Seattle Sounders, LAFC without Simon, and Atlanta against Valeri. You know, I mean, there are other choices there, but it's not the best. <laughs> well, let's just keep talking about players right now, and you can – Start us off, Mike, with your keeper picks. Uh, right now, I have Blake in the first part of the auto route, and then we'll kind of go from there. Maybe, maybe I'll switch to MLS All-Star vote leading goalkeeper Brad Guzon afterwards. <laughs> <sighs> Should make fan- let fantasy players pick the, that All-Star team. Yeah, I've got Blake as well, and I don't know who I would be switching to on this one for the late games. Uh, maybe Stefan, if I'm desperate on that one. Uh, maybe Stefan Fry. Okay. What about defenders, Blaine? Um, I'm playing a little bit more of the bonus points and average this week because I don't really see the clean sheet options here. I've got Rosenberry on the bench. I just think Philadelphia's you got to have one defender there for that Otteru option, and Rosenberry's one of the best uh, bonus point producers on their team. Uh, I've got Zussi out there as well just for the bonus points and the potential for a clean sheet. And I'm running uh, two um, Red Bull defenders kind of as a as a thought here, just kind of playing with the lineup still. Got a lot of time, but I just I think they're going to do a little bit better against Dallas than I gave him credit for in the review. Got to get, got to be fair to Dallas in my reviews, but my gut tells me Dallas isn't going to score in this game. Which two are you toying with? Uh, Parker and Long. Again, going with the bonus points. Mike. Uh, um, mine is very similar. Uh, I have Rosenberry and Callens on the bench, and I have Vizusi and uh, Lawrence uh, on the field. Hey, Mike, midfield, your favorite area. Who do you got? My favorite area. Um, let's see. I have Ladero on the bench um, as the last part of the auto route. Uh, and then the guys on the field, I have uh, Piotti, I have Almiron, and I have Rusnak. Blame. Yeah, I've got um, Morales and Almiron definitely on the field. Um, toying with Royer still, and I've got Ilcino on the bench from Philadelphia as one of those Otteru options. Um, the, Philly has been scoring a few goals, and he's gotten a couple of the last ones. And with the way Vancouver's defense tends to play right now, um, I think if somebody's going to light up the score sheet, it's going to come from a little deeper in the field. So take a taking a punt on Ilcino to see what he can do. All right, and what about your forwards, Blaine? <laughs> 
Um, usual faces here, uh, Via and Bradley Wright Phillips, I think are my two number ones on this one. And then I've got Dwyer on the bench. Um, Montreal's defense just doesn't quite do it for me. And I think if anybody's going to have a good game in that one, it's going to be Dwyer. Mike. I have David Villa, I have Bradley Wright Phillips, and I follow the rule that if Atlanta is at home, I have to have Joseph Martinez on my team. So while I do like Dwyer this weekend, I have, I'm just picking up uh, Martinez because I'm just afraid he's going to drop a hattie if I ever don't have him. With, with a broken nose, why not, right? <laughs> with a broken nose, looking like the fan of the opera, I'm sure he'll do it. <laughs> All right, who's your captain, Mike? Uh, my captain... Um, is going to be a defender. You know, I haven't mentioned yet. It's going to be own goal. I'm going to bring him on to my team. Done well. Uh, actually, I, we haven't mentioned the other defender I have as part of the auto rule, which is B by from the New York, uh, New England, excuse me, New England revolution. I just love that there's a by player with a by. Um, oh no. My actual captain is a uh, Rusnak. Plain. Uh, I've got it on Morales at the moment. And then finally, Blaine, your clean sheet picks. Um, I'm not really picking for clean sheets this week. Um, I think Philadelphia may have an outside chance. Uh, same with New York and Red Bulls and Sporting Kansas City, but I'm not seeing a lot of good clean sheet options here, so I'm looking at bonus points. Uh, for me, I think it's pretty much the same. Philly, uh, Red Bulls, and then, you know, like, Kind of your better defensive teams to kind of throw it out like New York City and um, Sporty Kansas City, even though I think they have tough matchups this week. All right, guys, thank you so much for those game breakdowns and player recommendations. I hope everyone listening tonight and or tomorrow morning or whenever you are tuning in finds that helpful in your planning as we get ready for round 17 of the MLS fantasy season, which I neglected to mention kicks off on Saturday, June 23rd. Mentioned it was this weekend, but just by that I meant Saturday, not, not Friday weekend. Moving into some community time, league update. Uh, Blaine had mentioned that he lost all of his leagues. Uh, have to hear that. Uh, but uh, did, did Lily win her leagues? I guess not. As far as the, the MLS FI hosts, Invitational League went uh, some pretty good games. A few of us broke triple digits this week. Uh, my 101 was actually tied for the the lowest of the triple digits. Uh, MLS Fantasy Stats, one of the writers over at Fantasy Boss, uh, had 105, but got beat by a uh, by Recrap Locomotive with 106. So uh, that was a definitely a, a, an awesome game, awesome match, and some big disappointments right there. Uh, otherwise, I, I need to point out that Weedy got 11 points. So there's that. Passing out L's made, like it's Andrew Weedy. Made as many transfers as he has mailings of shirts from Message you saying he was going to hook you up. We're working on it. Well, he or did. The background of a show. My mailman still has not delivered a shirt to me. So <laughs> you'll get it live. You'll get it live. I, uh, it, we are literally getting to that point because it's like two weeks before I go to New York, and I'm going to have to go harass him at MLS headquarters. 
Uh, but so no, I uh, Blaine did lose his his game against uh, Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football twenty four seven eighty four to ninety six. I won my head to head one hundred one to seventy eight against Coleman's Not Hot, and then Mike just had a squeaker of a game as well nine point loss ninety three to one hundred two to Catnip Junkies. So pretty tough round, lots of lots of high scores. You can tell a few people may have had World Cup fever and and uh, weren't really paying attention, but uh, a lot of the games were a very, very high scoring and so very tough league as usual. Standings uh, shifted a little bit. Tim Shaw, I believe, has fallen down to third place now. Uh, good buddy Tim there. Catnip Junkies is second, uh, and, but I am still in the lead. Both Catnip and I have a score, a record of 12-0-3, and, and then it's just the point differential that separates us right there. So uh, it's been very very close in this league very very fun though as well that's all that we have for the show today uh let's let's get some quick plugs in here uh blaine um just trying to work on my fantasy articles as often as i can i've been a little lax lately but i do try to get those out there so keep looking for me at mls fantasy boss i think you got a good excuse with that little girl of yours crawling around now yeah, she's almost ready to take off. She's mobile. She's just not crawling yet. We we need Lily's picks. That needs to be like the next generation <laughs> of fantasies. Like, who's Lily pick? Can we beat Lily? As oh. soon as she starts crawling, I will put out a couple of signs on the floor and let her pick which one to go to for you. If she gets <laughs> there for the World Cup, you could have her pick the winner right there. That, uh, that would yeah. do it. <laughs> Mike. Uh, yeah. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw that I launched a new podcast in the past week. Uh, it's called the Catholic nerd podcast. I talk about pop culture stuff, um, you know, on a little bit of a deeper level, more try to talk about like what the stories mean. Um, so even if you're not Catholic, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, so give it a check, a check it out. Uh, first episode is already out. I discussed solo, um, and next episode is going to be about uh, Avengers Infinity War. So some recent blockbusters that I talked about. So download it, subscribe, review it, all that other stuff that I have to get used to saying now. <laughs> I can't believe you talked about Solo without me. Such a bummer. Well, I mean, I had to be Solo. That's very funny and very true. <laughs> Although, the, in fairness, the name of the podcast is Han Not So Solo, so I don't know how true it actually is. <laughs> I'd, I'd be happy to be Lando any day, so there's that. Uh, as for me, you can check out everything I have over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Now that I have the internet again, I can start getting the updates out for this, this round. And then, of course, check out my weekly fantasy article over at uh, MLSSoccer.com for the fantasy picks. And be sure, a quick little plug right, right now, Next week, we're going to be having a special guest from uh, uh, DraftKings coming on the show to talk about some World Cup fantasy. It's a fun little thing that's going on that with just the growing wave now that the, the laws have started to change with, with daily fantasy. Uh, we're going to get a little bit of that because we've got some leagues going for everyone to, to play around with. So we'll get some tips as well from the experts over there at DraftKings. So tune in next week uh, to catch that interview. It'll be a lot of fun. And of course, we'll have more MLS talk to come around 18 at that time. With that said, good luck.